It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Michael Kiss. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hand. And Benjamin Solak. I know it's a big night when he asked for honey. He said he wants honey. It's the Kiss and Solak Show. I mean, I love those guys. Right here on BGN Radio. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 32, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a long weekend. We've done a lot of talking. We were 32 doing... for 32 teams, man. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, man. So check out the BGN radio feed to get your fix of live reaction to all of this stuff. We did about eight hours worth of streaming on day one and day two of the draft. And of course, I am your host, Michael Kist. From InsideThePylon.com, BleedingGreenNation.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. As always, I am joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Seven Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak of Bleeding Green Nation, and NDTScouting.com is where you can find a lot of his draft work. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, bud? Oh, every day is a good day to be alive, Mike. Thank you for asking. I, I don't know. It's it's a sad day. It's a day of remembrance. You know, kind of the NFL draft is over. It's Black Monday coming up uh, for NFL teams. You're going to see a lot of turnover in, in, in scouting departments and, and especially on teams where new GMs were just hired. So, you know, hopefully those guys got their last licks in. You know, we're able to, to stand for one more player and then hopefully they'll be able to land on their feet. Uh, but it is an exciting time because we get to start really looking forward to what this roster might look like. And obviously we get to meet some new Eagles players, which is always fun. So, a, a good day to be alive, as always. Let me let me ask you this. I want to know if you're uh, as diseased as uh, I know a lot of people are when it comes to the NFL draft. Have you put yes. together a 2019 watch list already? I've, Mike, I've been putting together a 2019 <laughs> watch list for the entire season. That's what you do. And so anytime I, I'll be – actually, let's, let's pull it up right here. It's in my bookmarks. Ho oh, future prospect list. All right, great example. Uh, watching Florida State, watching Josh Sweat, watching Derek Nottie. See sophomore edge Brian Burns, number 99, playing pretty well. So Brian Burns, edge, Florida State junior. Just put him there on the list. KJ Costello, quarterback out of Stanford. Nobody's talking about him. He's going to be good. Tyree Brady, wide receiver out of Marshall, right? These are just, 
you go through it. I have a 2020 list already open. If there are freshmen that impress me, then I want to make sure I have their names down. Travis Etienne from Clemson. Is he on that 2021 Travis Etienne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That, no, that Clemson running back is legit. The <laughs> running back class of 2020, guys, you heard it here first. It's going to be wild. All right. Darius Anderson out of Texas. Cam Akers, Florida Ooh. State. Travis Etienne out of Clemson. A.J. Dillon, the kid out of Boston College. Ty Chandler, Tennessee. Chase Hayden, Arkansas. He's good players. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I just wanted to know. I figured you were fully uh, fully ready. I, 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 just, I just like to, like, you know, have an idea of, of what's coming down the pipe. You know, it's always helpful to, to understand that. And most teams do, you know, multi-year scouting. You know, mm-hmm. uh, actually, I shouldn't say most. I, a good deal of teams do multi-year scouting. Uh, and they're aware of players for their junior and then their senior season. And then also, you know, uh, over at NDT Scouting, shameless plug, you know, we'll be doing like team previews and, 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 and summer evaluations and stuff to get ready for the big names coming into the season. And so, you know, that's something that I, I've got to be aware of. Yeah. So it's not disease. It's, it's diligence. <laughs> disease, diligence, whatever you want to call it. We are putting in work over here for the next draft class. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, what we want to do is touch on some quick news, which we're going to do. The meat and potatoes of this show is going to be talking about the just a quick recap on the draft. Like I said, you can go back and hear a lot of our live analysis from the streams that we had going on during day one and day two of the draft. We'll touch on some of the day three uh, uh, guys that the Eagles brought on. And then we want to talk about some of the undrafted free agents that not only the Eagles have brought on, but can bring on throughout this process who to look for. Uh, before we get to all that, like I said, some quick news. The Eagles did not bring in a running back in this draft, at least during the actual Ben predicted draft. this. <laughs> and ben, ben, you know, can pat himself on the back for that one. But they did bring back Darren Sproles, who is turning 35 uh, this summer. I believe it's June oh. is his birthday. So make sure you get those birthday wishes out to our boy. But he joins the running back stable yet again, coming off that ACL injury that he suffered in week three against the Washington Redskins. We are happy to have him back. Uh, he also brings some return value with him as well. Familiarity with the system. I think it's a good move, Ben. I'm glad I'm, I'm glad to see my boy back, and I hope he's fully bounced back from from that injury. No, it, it's a wonderful addition from at least the perspective of, of you know, kind of a feel-good sort of way you know, for the team and for the fans. 35 years old for Darren Sproles, coming back off of an ACL injury when your game is predicated on wiggle. Uh, you need solid knees. <laughs> you need, you know, you need to have control there in those ligaments, and so... You know, the hope is that he came back healthy and he's 100% good, but definitely, you know, you're going to want to be able to see him in camp and make sure that everything is on the up and up. And I'd imagine if Philadelphia resigns him, then there are positive signs. I'm sure we'll talk about this because the Eagles added an undrafted free agent running back, who I'm sure we'll discuss. And after Corey Clement, uh, as an undrafted free agent, made the team last year, you know, there's a lot of talk about this young man, Josh Adams, also making the team. And then You've got Darren Sproles, Danelle Pumphrey, who kind of redshirted his first year and now is a guy who's coming in. So it's it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the back end of Philadelphia's running back room. I'm not sold that Sproles is a key piece who's for sure on the roster. You know what I mean? Because he he up until the Eagles not drafting a running back, he wasn't a, a really he didn't seem to be much part of the plans. It seems like the idea was all right if we don't land a guy in the in the middle rounds in the early rounds who we like, then we'll just bring Sproles back. You know. 
and the one-year rental is cool, but he's not a long-term piece for Philadelphia. So I don't know if, if, if they're happy with their young running back stable. I don't know if Sproul sticks on the roster. But for right now, it's fun. You know, the story Doug Peterson came in the office every day asking if he could get Sproles back. You know, it's, it's happy to see him back. And then obviously, if he's on the roster, he's going to be a, a productive piece because that's who, that's who Sproles is. It's who he's always been. Yeah, glad to have him back. And an interesting piece of this, I think the entire city of Philadelphia had to apologize to Corey Clement. I think everyone had labeled him as just a guy. And leading up to the draft, and I remember during the stream, uh, John Barchard asking me about Josh Adams from Notre Dame, who we brought in as a UDFA, what I thought of him, and I just said he wasn't a good player. So I'm going to be running back to the tape just so I don't look like an idiot again. We'll see if that opinion changes. Uh, but we're, we'll talk about more of those UDFAs as we move along in the process. Hopefully I don't have egg on my face at the end of it. Uh, going through the draft, touching on some things, of course, Dallas Goddard, Philly Goddard, whatever you want to call him. At number 49 from South Dakota State, the tight end, he's going to do some fantastic for things for us. Uh, detached from the line, he can also play in line. This guy led the led football in receptions and receiving yards from the tight end position over the last two, two years. Uh, also averaged 3.17 yards per route run, according to Pro Football Focus, which is top of the class. That's solid. That's really good. That's that's a big gap yeah, between good. him and the next guy. And then also yeah. let let everybody in uh, yards after catch because he is that yak threat. They, they If you look at where he was targeted, there are a lot of targets behind the line of scrimmage because they like to feed him the ball. He's got that after the catch ability. So welcome, Philly Goddard, to Philadelphia. Uh, we, we very much are excited to see you in the second. I'm oh, sorry, in the third day of the draft, because we didn't have any second uh, second day picks after Goddard. Pick 125, Avante Maddox, cornerback from Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I watched his tape again recently, and uh, I'm impressed, man. And it was exactly in the mold in which we had looked at players as far as for the nickel position. Shorter guy, really small, short arms, but super quick. Super twitchy, super competitive, made some big plays for that defense. I think he's got excellent mental processing. If he doesn't lose right away in the route by just by being impatient because he's got some issues with press, uh, he's a very, very sticky dude. We also bring in at number 130 in the fourth round, Josh Sweat, the defensive yeah. end from Florida State, who is an absolute steal, was a top 40 player for me. And let me tell you, if his knee is okay, Ben, I think we got a good one. Mike, Mike, is Josh Sweat a good name, yes or no? Yes, absolutely. As long as you don't say it like Sweat. No, it's a I gross name. <laughs> it's a gro- His last name is Sweat. Okay, let's, let's, we don't have to like, you know, dress up a pig and call it a princess. <laughs> Josh Sweat is a fantastic young player. He's a terrifying man. Uh, I'm sure he's a wonderful person. I mean, his last name is kind of gross. And you can't tell me that when Josh Sweat was like eight years old and probably wasn't yet like a huge dominant defensive end football player, he was 1,000% made fun of for having the last name Sweat. Sweat is a, is a gross last name. It's okay, Josh. I love you, man. If you're listening, please don't hurt me. But Sweat, like that, Josh Sweat is just not an ideal name. There's, you, you can't, there was, listen, there were edge, there was an edge in this class named Duke Edgeford. Edge was in his name. Yeah. All right. We had like, Harold Landry, that's a little bit of like an accountant name, all right? Bradley Chubb, great name. Great name. What other edges? Sam Hubbard, that's a pretty solid name. Obania Akarunquo, are you kidding Fantastic. me? Excellent name. Josh Sweat, it just doesn't do it for me. And that that's an important thing. I think we got to get out there. We got to talk. I think it would be really fun to try to hear the guys over at, at the other BGN radio shows try to say Okoronkwo consistently. So that would yep. have been fun. When he was drafted, he was drafted by the Rams. And the Rams had like this elementary school football team 
who is announcing the pick. And he's like, with the 152 pick in the fifth round, the Rams select, I'm like, Oklahoma. <laughs> Linebacker, Oklahoma. And I was like, yes, that's correct. That's, that's absolutely correct. Okay. Save, save all that stuff for the counterpart podcast as far as the name stuff and ranking them and all, and, and all that. I know you, you and Jack like to, like to do that stuff. So I'm sure Jack is going to be all over that as far as is Josh Sweat a good name. Uh, however, I do think he's no. a good player and he's got fantastic upside. Don't worry about his production, the 14 and a half sacks at Florida State, because they used him a lot as a four eye at the inside shade of the tackle with tackle read. So he was a little late off the ball sometimes. That's just how he was asked to be used. You hope the knee is okay. I think he can give you a dynamic pass rusher down the line. So sixth round, number 206 overall, Matt Pryor, offensive tackle from TCU. Who the only reason I knew him was because he was the other tackle from TCU that was not named Joe Noteboom. Uh, I really haven't dug into his tape. Maybe Ben has done a little bit more. But before we do that, man, we brought in another offensive tackle to compete for a job. And it was a guy that we featured here on the Kiston Solak show when they brought him in for an official visit. We were absolutely giddy over his highlight tapes because he is the rugby player. And this is a distinction that that rugby player, uh, rugby league Twitter got on me about he's a rugby league player. Jordan Mylotta, the monster from the South Sydney Rabbitoffs. (laughs) Ben, this dude's a freak. Uh, I'm excited to have him on. Uh, People were outing themselves for not being any fun at parties by by complaining about the pick because there are other running backs on the board. But it's a seventh round pick. The hit rate's like two percent. Don't worry about it. I am. I am. Uh, I'm glad to have my lotta on. Overall, I felt really good about the uh, about the draft hall in general, especially considering that we only had one pick in the first two days. Ben, what say you? Yeah. So, I mean, if I were to go through right now and and uh, and you know give you sort of my my grades, you know, a little quick letter grades for every single player, which you know this is this just their instant reaction. Goddard got an A minus from me. Uh, he was my highest ranked player available at the pick, and if you're a regular listener, you know that I love the player, and I thought it was a good pick, and I was down to take him at 32. That being said, I did have Connor Williams, who was a higher value there at what I view to be the biggest position of need. So to me, that would have been smash the button. Williams, uh, Philadelphia, went the Goddard route. So A- minus because I love everything about it, but I feel like there was a little bit of lost return. Maddox got a B- from me, and Maddox was not a player that I evaluated before the draft. I know, Mike, you might have gotten tape on him. I never got around to him, which is a shame because when I went searching for tweets that I had potentially made about Maddox, I found a tweet that said, like, oh, man, I really got to watch this kid. His combine was great. And then I didn't. Uh, so that's on me. <laughs> How'd that watch list worked out for you that time, bud? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I've been in Green Nation. Uh, you'll find uh, my uh, Inside the Film Room on Avante Maddox. Uh, you know, went through all the small 22 with him against Syracuse, uh, with him against Oklahoma State and James Washington. Uh, it was uh, drafted 60th overall to the Steelers. Good wide receiver. Maddox is, a, is an impressive physical specimen. And you can certainly watch his tape and say, oh, I can make that better. You know, like mm. I, I, I see flashes. I see a young man who played for four years uh, and who knows what he's doing. And he's got a good head on his shoulders, but he plays a little bit out of control. Uh, he doesn't yet really understand how he fits, I think, within the cogs of an entire defensive backfield. Uh, knows how to use leverage or whatever. And so to me, that pick was a B minus because Maddox requires more work than I think uh, some other nickels who are on the board. Maddox is my worst grade, but there's definitely upside with the player. It was only worse because I think you could have gotten a better year one starter, but certainly by year three, uh, Maddox is a guy who could be playing well for you. Josh Sweat is an A. 
Josh Sweat's an oh, A. Uh, the only reason, not, <laughs> only reason it's not an A plus is because the Eagles didn't need an edge. But what, what's important to understand, Goddard was my the best player I had the Eagles uh, select overall in the draft. He was my 14th overall. And then the next best player they got was Josh Sweat, who was my 62nd player. And they got him at 130 at a premium position in edge. When Josh Sweat is playing well, you know, in, in reserve minutes, uh, you know, in game five of this year, team's going to be so pissed. And for a guy who's got long-term injury concerns, we talked about Sweat, big knee problem. In 2014, Josh Sweat dislocated his knee. And so that is like, it's not like, oh, the ACL tore. It, everything tore, right? And then the, the bones are just not aligned. Like they pass each other, Mike. Like like the fibula, I don't, I don't know bones. The shin bone and the thigh bone, femur, right? Just not next to each other. Just not on top of each other anymore, which is like awful to think about. Uh, and so that's a that's a devastating injury from which to come back. There was a time where they thought Josh Sweat might have to amputate his leg, might have yeah. to come off. For him to be in reserve minutes is going to be a really good situation for him. And this reminds me last year because I had a first round grade on Carl Lawson and Carl Lawson had that hip uh, injury and he came out last year and he absolutely balled out. Now, how long that hip holds up? That's the question. How long that knee holds up for Josh Sweat? Is it going to be a major problem throughout his career? That's a major question, but you can get instant production out of sweat. I think he's a very good football player. Ben, what about the rest? Prior, uh, my prior got a B plus from me. Uh, attacked a position of need mm. uh, in that uh, developmental tackle. Guard versatility only makes him that much more attractive, in my opinion. Makes him more likely he sticks on the roster. Didn't do any evaluation work on prior, and he's the next guy I've got to step into the film room for. So that'll be the next post, likely up by the time you're listening to this on Monday. It'll be up on BGN Radio, or excuse me, on BleedingGreen.com. Uh, but I'm excited to get into that. And and from what I heard from people who have done work on prior, there's certainly upside there, right? There's certainly, he was worthy of a late round selection to see what you've got there. So that's nice. And then for my lot, I have no idea how to grade that pick because there's no film. So What are, you, what are we what, talking about uh, here? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I said take him in the first round. Right. And here's the and, and here's the thing. When you are a very good roster, we've talked about this a lot, and there's a 6'8", 345 dude who runs a 5 flat 40, and and he could potentially be a thing, then just grab him in the 7th. This is like, if every 7th round pick is a low-risk pick, then why not go for the most highest reward guy who's there? That's probably a guy like Jordan Mailata. Is it going to pan out in 2019? No. Is it going to pan out in 2020? I doubt it. If it does, like around that 2021 20, time, that's when we could start seeing it. But you, I cannot express to you how irregular 6'8", 345 guys who move the way he moves are. By which I mean to say I have never seen a 6'8", 345-pound guy move like this. Here's what's great about the pick. I had people who don't follow the draft, who are not football fans, but know that I'm an Eagle fan and know that I follow the draft hit me up and be like, yo, I heard the Eagles just drafted this rugby dude. Like he just, it's such like a, like a fun storyline for people and it's going to be fun to track him and follow him around and everything. So what the heck, bring him in in the seventh. It's even made better by the fact the Eagles brought in, in my opinion, an excellent UDFA haul, which kind of justifies spending that seventh on, on, an, on a high upside guy. And let's talk about that UDFA haul, some guys that we brought in and maybe some guys that we're looking at that may be still out there. This is obviously a fluid situation as teams work the phones. The first one that we already touched on, running back Josh Adams out of Notre Dame. He is a Pennsylvania native. And uh, they had Central it on the Bucks. notes here on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com, a potential Garrett Blunt replacement. Was that you that wrote that, Ben? Because I feel like you're higher than Adams uh, uh, on Adams than me. And you were kind of putting a little, little thing out there to be like, if this is right, I'm going to look back to this. and I'm going to shove it in Mike's face. 
So I want to make sure that's not you. If you're talking about the one on Bleeding Green, no, I did not put that. And I saw that. And I don't think he's a Garrett Blunt replacement because I don't think we recognize how smart of a runner Blunt is and how how, uh, quick of a processor he is. I don't think Adams is that. But if you're talking about, you know, banger third and two, you know, just stick him behind the big uglies and let him do work, then yeah, it's 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 blunt-esque in that way. Sell me sell me on Adams. Give me a quick you got you got 30 seconds to sell me on Adams. Give me a quick rundown of his game, what I should be looking for when I go back to his tape. Cause obviously I wasn't impressed on the initial and I've seen a lot of Notre Dame watching Dern Smythe, uh watching Equinemia St. Brown and McGlinchey and, and Nelson and whatnot. And I always thought that Adams may have left some yards on the field for that team, wasn't overly impressed by his burst. So Ben you got thirty you got an elevator speech to give me, man. Hit me with it. All right, elevator pitch on Josh Adams. The The simple fact is, yes, he benefited from great run blocking. I understand that. But I, to me, he didn't leave many yards on the field. He's decisive. He went to where he belonged. And when he got there, he arrived with power. He has great contact balance. He knows how to lower his shoulder. And then it just turns a two-yard run into a three-yard run. And then, you know, wash, rinse, repeat. He's Eddie Steady in that way, which I like. He's not elusive. No, 100%. He's not going to make you miss. But I did see a player who was able to move laterally well enough to adjust on the fly, which is to say, like, and that's something that I think when we talk about a Blunt-esque uh, uh, projection for him, that's a skill that Blunt had. Blunt right. could be going forward and then need to hop into a different hole and be able to do so. And I think Adams does have that trait where I think things are different between Adams and Blunt is going to be in, in the processing speed. I think Blunt was much quicker. Uh, to see things, whereas Adam, who again, maybe it was hidden a little bit by the fact that he had such good run blocking, is just not a guy who was ever really forced to make really quick decisions. So when he did, I think he he randomly, he rarely was able to break it. One more nice thing, I think he catches pretty well, especially for a guy who's around 230, or 213 pounds, he's 215. So uh, to me, it would have been around five pick. He's a part of a committee. He's a short yardage guy. Uh, he can come in. He can provide something to Philadelphia most definitely. I think there's a lot of thickness in front of him in the running back room. So he's going to have to earn his spot. But he does bring a power that currently is only on the Eagles roster in Jay And so that, you know, skill that's a little bit more rarefied among the Wendell Smallwoods, Denel Pumphreys, and Darren Sproles of the world could help him stick on the roster. I'm not sold. I would have given him a better chance of making it than I would have given Corey Clement last year, and we all know how that went down. So maybe he's maybe he's on the roster. Okay, all right. We'll, we will see how that works out. I'll look for that stuff when uh, when I turn the tape back on on him. There are a few more guys we definitely want to get to here. Cornerback Chandon Sullivan from Georgia State has been brought in uh, as a UDFA, and then you have Jeremy Reeves, the defensive back, the the safety from South him. Alabama. He was uh, a pre-draft official visit. For the Eagles, I really liked his game. He ended up uh, number 100 on my big board, so he did crack my top 100. We've talked about him before. We really liked him. We really liked him in Mobile. We saw him live. Uh, He had a fantastic senior bowl game, had a good week. Uh, His week got better as it went. And then the defensive end, Joe Osman out of Central Michigan, another guy that we have brought on to the roster for now. They had showed a lot of interest in him during the pre-draft process. Uh, I'm over the moon about the Jeremy Reeves uh, uh, pick, or or not the pick, but bringing him on because as you alluded to on Twitter, and I I backed you up on this, there is a clear path for him to make this roster. And in my opinion, it is the third safety role that we have had issues filling forever now. Uh, Ben, what say you? Yeah, there's no reason. I mean, uh, Chris Marigos, the fun guy, he's coming off of an injury. 
There's no reason Reeves shouldn't be contesting with his spots on special teams. And then if they want to move on from Maragos and bring him on, that makes sense. And then even then, uh, we've heard now from multiple people that the Eagles are, are high on Trey Sullivan in the building. I like Reeves' tape a lot more than anything I saw from Trey Sullivan in preseason games. Jeremy Reeves is the third highest player, Mike, on my board that the Eagles brought in. And he's a UDFA. They made five picks, and he's he's the third highest player. Josh Sweat is sixty second on my board. Reeves is seventy third. I'm actually uh, I'm actually the same as you because I had it. Let's see here. I had it. Goddard, Sweat, Avante Maddox landed just outside of my top one hundred, but Reeves was inside my top one hundred. So yeah, he was my third as well. I think it's a great pickup. I and and here's what's 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 crazy to me about Jeremy Reeves. He was not invited to the combine. All right. When I when we were coming into the Senior Bowl, we had Armani Watts, we had Kaiser White, we had Marcus Allen, we had Traven Henderson. I thought Jeremy Reeves was the best safety there. I thought coming into Mobile, and I expected with a strong week there, which I think he had, and then a strong week at the Combine, I would have expected him to be a lock for a top 100 selection. He was not invited to the Combine. Well, he played well in, in Mobile. And so well, we've only got pro day numbers for him, and they're not amazing. We had a 4 6 5 40. He only broad jumped 9-2. He only vertical jumped 31. These aren't great numbers. But what it's important to remember about Jeremy Reeves is that for three years at South Alabama, he played corner. And then they moved him to safety in his last year. Yeah. Right? And so he's got really, really nice slot playability, which, you know, the Eagles brought in Avante Maddox. But I was circling Jeremy Reeves to them as a target in the fourth round and in the fifth round. And I was between, I would pick Jeremy Reeves here in large part because they need that corner that need that cover man on the slot. And Jeremy Reeves has been that guy on the field. I feel like he's a much twitchier athlete than anything that we saw. And as a matter of fact, a 4-4-8 20-yard shuttle, a 7-4-4-3 cone, those are ridiculously poor times that I would imagine are just not indicative of how good of a player he is. You know what I mean? So to me, no combine, bad pro day numbers. He falls totally under the radar. But all it takes is that he tested badly on one day in South Alabama. And then all of a sudden, we've got a better athlete on our hands than we believed who's got good tape and was a good player in Mobile. So I think he's going to surprise. These numbers, I'm not surprised they worried the NFL. And, and, and going back to try to figure out why he fell, I looked at these and I realized like, oh, snap. Like right. he tested poorly than I remembered or poorer than I remembered. But I don't see this poor of an athlete on tape. I don't. And so if he's able to play in the corner, in the, in the slot and, and make that, that make hay as, as a coverage safety. And he can also be a box guy. He's very physical against the run. He's going to stick on this roster. I think he's a very, he, he easily, I think he is the most likely of the UDFAs to stick on the roster. I think he's easily more likely than Jordan Mylotta uh, to stick on the roster. Mylotta is an immediate stash on the practice squad yeah. guy, unless he's unbelievably quick at picking up the NFL game, which I don't think he's going to be. So, so to me, I think, I think we have a very strong chance for, for Jeremy Reeves to not only make the roster, but be on the active 46, to be a special teamer, to make it on the field in sub packages early. I, he's more ready to play in the NFL than Avante Maddox is. I, yeah. I think that quite strongly. Yeah, for sure. I like Reeves, man. He had a lot of tackles in that senior bowl game. He's a hard-nosed player. He's not afraid to get in there and mix it up. I like his game. You look at some of the other guys here. Joe Osman, man, he's had 21 sacks over the last two years there at Central mm-hmm. Michigan. 13 last year and eight the year before that. Uh, we already mentioned Chandon Sullivan from Georgia State. There's a, a connection there with the Eagles assistant coach, Trent Miles. Then you look at a few other guys here. Danny Ezechukwu. <laughs> from, from, Is that, that that Purdue backer? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Ian Park, the guard from Slippery Rock. Not the show. 
and the offensive tackle Toby Withersby from LSU. Ben, any of these like names? Uh, any of these names pop jump off the page for you? Because I haven't seen yeah. a whole lot from uh, from any of them tape wise. Yeah, no. Uh, Weathersby pops off for me. Weathersby and Chandon Sullivan. So Sullivan is uh, a young man who is to me a. I projected him as a zone corner who could play on the boundary. The Eagles brought him in presumably to be a slot man guy. Mm. So over two, right? That and that's that's just the assumption. Uh, they very well could be bringing him in to fill the spot that, in my opinion, he can, which is the spot that Daryl Worley left. Daryl Worley, in my estimation, was a boundary zone predominant corner. And Chandon Sullivan can absolutely be that guy. He can be, I think, a low-end starter or a decent backup in a very cover-two-heavy scheme in the NFL. And he can play on the boundary as well. And so he, I think, has an outside chance to be on this roster and to provide a a sort of depth uh, to be a guy who, you know, maybe, I I don't know, I, I kind of feel like it'd be interesting to see what he can do at free safety, but I'm not totally sold on that. He's only a 4 6 40. Uh, but either way, he's got he's got good zone instincts. He's really good at tracking the football. He just does not have mirror skills and the long speed necessary, in my opinion, to be a man coverage corner. The thing is, like, I feel like I'm describing, you know, uh, like Daryl Worley, but also Jalen Mills and a little bit. Mills didn't have that fantastic testing. Mills is kind of a guy we've talked about moving to safety. And so, I don't know. The Sullivan signing to me makes sense from a talent perspective and that I think Sullivan could have and should have been drafted. I do have some questions about fit, but it's better to just bring a good guy into the building and see what you can get out of him than to say, no, let's not sign this UDFA because, you know, he's not a great fit. And then the other guy to me is Toby Weathersby. Weathersby is offensive tackle and he's heavy footed. He's a plotter, right? He's not going to be a guy who I think moves very quickly. Uh, You know, maybe again, not the greatest translation to that very um athletic sort of offensive line that Philadelphia has built. But again, this is a situation where you just bring in the talent and then you see if you can get him to fit as a UDFA. Uh, hands, very strong. Consistently land uh, elbows in, in, in a good place. He can generate a lot of drive uh, when he's run blocking. He's a people mover in that way. I think that, uh, you know, he, he's a guy who when, he, when you get into his pass sets, he is a little bit slow, but he does have really stunning uh, a stunning punch. And so if you can work on his foot discipline and his economy of motion, keep him a little bit more balanced because he can bend at the waist a little bit too much. To me, this was a guy who certainly could have been drafted and made it as a third tackle in more of a gap power scheme. So I like the fact that the Eagles brought him on, even though they do run a lot of zone. I think he can be a powerful piece of, you know, as far as if you want to like do like a sixth offensive lineman sort of a situation, a goal line, you know, big mass sort of a situation is going to push prior more than I think we expect because Pryor was drafted and Wesby was brought in as a UDFA. Uh, without having watched Pryor, I can't tell you yet, you know, who I prefer. But Weathersby is going to be a guy who I expect impresses uh, uh, in camp. So those are the two names that I would certainly circle as being exciting. I want to be pumped about Osman because I like Osman. But to me, he's a better fit of 3-4 as an outside backer. Yeah. And also, there's no room for him on this roster. There yeah. just simply isn't. You know, he's good, but there's none. Would definitely agree. Okay, some other quick names on an update that, that I have here. Jeremiah Briscoe, quarterback from Sam Houston State. Sam Houston Gross. isn't a real state, doesn't sound like a real college, and doesn't sound like a player that's going to be a real player on the Eagles roster, so we'll move on from that. Aaron Evans, the offensive lineman from UCF, was brought in. We've also got Stephen Roberts, the safety from Auburn. 
And Jordan Thomas, the cornerback out of Oklahoma, I hated his tape. Uh, there were rumors out there that he'd have to may make a switch to wide receiver, which is weird to me. Usually it make, works the other way around. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, there's your list so far of uh, UDFAs for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, ben, what else you got for the gentle, gentle listeners? Yeah, the only other two that I know of are Bruce Hector, who's a nose tackle out of USF. Uh, he's just, he's just a big boy who plays volleyball. Uh, you know, I don't envision the Eagles getting much out of him. Uh, but it's nice to bring in that guy. You know, he can, he's a, he's a Bo Allen type, you know, he's a Haloti Nada type, you know, maybe he does something in camp. I don't really see it. You know, I was watching him and I think I saw was Dedrin Sanat, his teammate, who's the the three tech for the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, and then they also brought in, um, Brandon Silvers, quarterback out of Troy. Uh, they do. Uh, he's a guy who you know Briscoe and 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 Silvers. Their similarities, very very productive, lucrative spread systems, insane amount of attempts, really bad quarterbacks. Like that's you know you know. Yeah. Uh, and they they can they can sling it and, and and you know they've got some talent. And everything. Silvers got a really weird release. Br- uh, Briscoe's uh you know he's not the the strongest arm. He's not like the the. Uh, the ideal style of play, I guess. These are camp arms, right? We're bringing in camp arms, essentially. Yeah, yeah. These, these are camp arms. Philadelphia, you know, is going to need a quarterback within the next year or two. And Nick Foles is going to move on. Uh, you know, this coaching staff is obviously, we've heard they're high on Sudfeld, but they've got to, you know, he's only been in the building for less than a year. So they got to make sure they like that. So they're going to need a quarterback for the next year or two. So it's not a, not a bad idea to bring in a couple of rookies yep. to see what's what. But I wouldn't envision there being much from that. Yeah. The names that will be interesting will be Reeves, uh, Weathersby, and then I think Sullivan a little bit. And then I think Osman, I, I envision Osman plays well, gets cut, and then gets picked up big priority style on the waivers, even potentially gets somewhere near like a 53-man roster for a team that needs edges. That's what I would anticipate for him. A team like the Rams. All right. Ben, that's going to do it for today. You want to let the gentle listeners know what we have on tap for the rest of the week. Suck. How you doing, gentle listeners? As always, thank you so much for listening to the Kissed and Solak show presented to you by the fine folks at BGN Radio. The draft is over, but the Kissed and Solak show is nowhere near done with it. As a result, we'll be breaking down a lot more of what happened, maybe stepping away from the Eagles, going a little bit more general. Uh, we'll definitely talk about the other three NFC East classes, all of whom kind of made some pretty significant splashes in their picks. We've got Darius Geis and the situation that happened with him in Philadelphia to break down. He went to Washington. Saquon Barkley was the pick at two for the Giants. They didn't grab a quarterback until round four with Kyle Lauletta. And then the Cowboys had some on-day trades. Ryan Switzer, Taven Austin. They brought in Connor Williams, who, as I said in the beginning of the pod, would have been my pick for Philadelphia. So the Cowboys drafted quite well. We'll be able to break down those classes more so and then even get wider. And just talk about the draft as the whole talking about nfc contenders who who stock up who stock down who was perplexing who killed it so on and so forth of course as we get further into the offseason we'll be able to talk more about training camp uh we'll be able to talk more about the darren sproles contract and how the cap looks moving forward as those details become clear and talk about what we might start thinking for the 53-man roster that eventually ends up at the end of camp uh, but we're very excited to go through this offseason with you a uh, ton of plans in the works the kiss and solak show is going nowhere so we hope you stick along with us it's gonna be a fun ride we all we got we all we need fly eagles fly <laughs>